You're listening to another episode of the Zag. Eric Soap here. Excited to be joined by a 2020 NLC fellow. Sheba Williams is here from the chapter in Virginia. So we'll do a little bi-coastal podcasting today. Thanks for tuning in. Let's get to it. All right, Sheba, have y'all done one weekend or two weekends? How many institute experiences have you had so far? We just wrapped up weekend two. Weekend two. And what are your thoughts so far? Anything surprise you? We have such an amazing array <laughs> of <laughs> different people in our cohort. Um, so many different topics and different things and so much great information. And did you know much about NLC before starting? Did you have friends that had done the program before? I had a friend who did the program before who recommended me, but I knew nothing of what I was getting myself into. (laughs) (laughs) And then do I have this right? Y'all are a statewide chapter, right? Yes, we're statewide. So what do you feel like uh, the advantages are to having a a statewide uh, vantage point? What kind of different perspectives do folks bring because they're coming from so many different places? So we, we started our chapter four and a half hours away in Southwest Virginia, which nobody kind of goes to okay um, so we are getting like the very different like connections to each part of the state which each each different section of state is usually divided up into northern virginia central mm-hmm. virginia southwest and then hampton roads so we're all like completely different but our issues really are intersectional which is crazy to hear but that's what it is yeah and do you find there's a a pattern in terms of what people do for a living or folks politicos? Are they nonprofit leaders? Are they teachers? Like what's what's kind of the vibe in the group so far? There are an array of different things. Mm-hmm. We have a financial counselor. I'm a nonprofit manager. We have a few politicos, but most people are just like average everyday people trying to make change in the state. Yeah. And then you know, for yourself, you're a founder. Tell folks a little bit about what you founded and what you're the executive director of. So I am the founder and executive director of an organization called No Left Turns Incorporated. We're based out of Richmond, Virginia. Um, We were designed to help people who have justice involvement uh, get back to work. And then 2016 happened and everybody knows what happened in 2016. (laughs) But um, we started getting into restoration of rights and voter registration issues, um, homelessness issues amongst people who had been uh, incarcerated or who have been charged with felony convictions. We got into healthcare issues, mental health issues. We got into everything. <laughs> yeah. um, so we we now in our third year are starting to work on strategies around policy change as it relates to people who have justice involvement. So um, we take a huge dive into changing the felony disenfranchisement laws and attacking some of those collateral consequences of getting a felony conviction. And was the motivation to start the org very personal? Was it based on skill sets that you felt like you had acquired in other jobs that you had, so you wanted to apply to this? What was really driving you to do this? Definitely personal. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I work, I've been working since I was 14 years old, and I worked a job for almost a decade. And because I got a felony conviction after I was hired, I was fired from the job. Hmm. They didn't take into consideration that I had been like their point person for 10 years. Wow. They didn't take into consideration that I had been there every day without a vacation for almost 10 years. Um, and I became self-employed at that time. And, you know, justice issues have kind of always been in our family. So it was very personal 
and then to kind of reach out to other people and connect with other people and hear the things that they were going through really motivated me to do something because when we were looking for organizations that really specifically help with people who had felony convictions there were not a lot around at the time and then do you feel like people still misunderstand this issue i, I feel like with voter rights being in the news a lot say in relation to what's happening in florida and maybe other states too that are, are they trying to restore voting rights or protect voting rights do you feel like people are actually pretty knowledgeable or they still have some some gaps in what they think is going on with this topic so there's def definitely a lot of gaps a lot of people think that if they restore voting rights that they're giving voting rights to people who are murderers and rapists and just the worst of the worst mm -hmm. you have people who have been convicted of um, writing bad checks people who have been convicted of dui people who have been convicted of crimes that are 50 years old um, Virginia is one of three states in the nation that permanently disenfranchise people and none of the other states are having issues with murderers um, just ravaging their polls. So <laughs> there's definitely a lot of gaps in understanding that um, once a person does their time, we as a nation say that we trust our judges and juries to allocate a specific amount of time and a specific set of fines and court costs and restitution for whatever issues. And once a person completes that, they're still followed by this conviction for the rest of their lives. They're expected to come from court with this conviction, pay taxes when they start working, pay into a system, but not have a voice. And a lot of people don't think about the totality of what they're asking a person to do when they take away their voting rights. And I'm sure you've had lots of conversations trying to persuade folks to to believe in what you just said. Do you feel like there are certain messages that land better with folks? Is it a question of, of, of fairness in the argument that kind of wins the day? Is it a question of practicality? Is it something else? Like, what do you usually find resonates the fastest with people? So it all depends on a person's personal experience. Typically, the practicality of it and the fact that it should have never been taken away is what mm -hmm. resonates the most. Right now, myself and um, some other organizations are actively working on a right to vote campaign that removes the disenfranchised piece from the Constitution that says that if you're convicted of a felony, you can be um, permanently disenfranchised. We want to remove that piece that says if you're convicted out of the Constitution, and it's a three-year process. So we are on a campaign to talk to as many people as possible and just kind of connect and figure out what motivates people. We'll come back after the break, catch up a little bit more with Shiva about what's happening in Virginia these days. Thanks for listening to this episode of The Zach. We'll be right back. So Shiba, I know f folks out here in LA, especially in the midterm 2018 time period, we're, we're super curious how things were going to play out in Virginia. And for the most part, it played out pretty positively. Um, give folks maybe a little more insight into where the state is going uh, in terms of political uh, affiliation for its its folks in, in the state house there and, and what kind of things you're looking forward to for 2020. So um, I don't know if everybody knows, but Virginia has flipped uh, all three of their sectors to Democrat. So they are they are majority in House and Senate. Um, it's been a busy General Assembly year and we're in full swing in General Assembly. There are bills around marijuana legalization versus decriminalization, which is a really big hot topic item. We're expected to pass um, ERA, which is equal rights for women. Um, we're pushing towards so many different things. We are, we've been working on the secure care bill, 
bill to kind of alleviate juvenile detention centers. Uh, all of our parole and expungement bills have been tabled <laughs> till 2021, mm. okay. some of them for study, but basically they're not going to vote or move forward with them in 2020. So kind of disappointed about that. But there are a ton of things that we kind of fight are still in the fight for until General Assembly ends in March. And do you feel like there's a short answer for why Virginia flipped? People were tired of uh, <laughs> the same old thing. <laughs> um, we are not a conservative state by any means. And um, every couple of years, I think there's a flip flop between what people get tired of and traditional value, values this year. And especially people power has been something that has guided the flip to blue. And maybe last thing, when you think about the upcoming months for the rest of your institute experience, what are you most looking forward to? Um, just getting the information. We've worked on something that was pretty heavy this past weekend, communication and telling your personal story. Okay. And it was kind of a, a surprise. They were like, <laughs> hey, put together your personal story. And in about an hour, you're going to present it to a group of people. And it was like, what? <laughs> so, um <laughs> I won't say I'm looking forward to the surprises, but I'm definitely interested <laughs> in how this is going to go. But I do know that um, we're going to start doing some fundraising, which is really exciting. Um, raising some money for NLC Virginia, which I, I wholeheartedly believe that leaders really need to get. Um, you know, this program is amazing and it, it's a very short time period that they pack a lot of information in for people who want to make change like myself and the other people in my cohort. So that's what I was going to ask. You know, I've been involved with NLC for almost 10 years now. I was a uh, LA fellow in 2010, and I still feel like I, I haven't quite landed on the exact right description of what the program is and the power that it does have when I'm trying to convince other people to do it. I was curious, as you're relatively fresh to it and kind of processing how you'll explain it to folks to raise money, but also to convince them to consider the program in the future, what, what do you feel like you'll, you'll find yourself saying the most? So I think that we have a pretty good um, group of people who want to make change and don't know where to start. It's definitely something that progressive leaders, and I know progressive is a word that has been kind of spun out of control, <laughs> but in, in our frame, people who want to make change and start from the ground up, this is a program that builds their leadership skills. And I, I think that there are so many programs that are for people who are seasoned or for people who know exactly where they're going and what they want to do. This program pretty much focuses on people who um, just know that they want to do something and it kind of cultivates whatever it is they want to do because we have so many different issues that are being addressed. Um, I just feel like this is a very intimate group of people who um, we, we're almost like family. And I know it's only been two weekends, but, you know, we, we've gotten to the point where like we really respect each other's backgrounds and like what's going on in each part of the state. But it really is a program, in my opinion, for people who are not necessarily um, destined to be this this specific political leader. Well, listen, I'm excited to hear your perspective and thanks for, for sharing that with us and excited to see how the rest of your institute experience goes. And we'll definitely keep an eye on, on your, your chapter fundraiser when it launches. And we'll, we'll be happy to spread the word out here to all our, our friends that we have uh, in our connections and our net networks who live out east. Uh, but yeah, keep us posted on that for sure. And thanks, everyone, for listening to this episode of The Zag. You can find all past episodes and there's a bunch, including the very recent bonus episodes we put up for our LA Institute Fellows and our LA Engage Fellows 
Find those at all the places you could podcast, SoundCloud, Spotify, Stitcher. They're all there. So until next time, we'll catch you soon.